Ethan Alden. Reviews Movies. From Space. This is Darth Vader, and you're listening to Ethan Alden Reviews Movies from Space. Just kidding, guys. It's me. I know that's a really bad Ethan, or uh, uh, I almost said my own name. That was a really bad Darth Vader impression, but I can do a really good Tauntaun, which is here now. Is here. I'll do it now. <laughs> Anyway, this is Ethan Alden, and if this is your first listen, I went a trip to space ten years ago, but then I got stranded on this space station when the lizard apocalypse began. And now, it's been ten years, the lizard wars are over, the ocean has receded, and volcanoes have finished their constant lava spewing, and we've gotten the internet back up and running, which means I can release this movie podcast for you to listen to. Now, before we get started, a little bit of housekeeping. My dad wanted me to announce something, and it's going to be hard for some of you guys to hear, but uh, know that I love you guys, and I think this is important, so here it goes. My dad wants me to announce he's teaching lizards horseback riding. Lizard people, not, not reptiles, lizard people. Uh, and I know this is really controversial after the Lizard Wars, but my dad told me he really believes in this and he wanted me to share it. And, you know, I mean, remember that the, when the Lizard King came up here and, and conquered, and then he invited all his kin up to Earth a few years after he had conquered the world, a lot of them were just civilians. And they're in, just in hibernation, and they didn't know what he had done. And then they came up to the surface, and they were like, Dad— you like conquered these people and they were not on board. And anyway, there's a lot of prejudice against lizard people. And while we may have had a rough time with the Lizard Kings like team, uh, there are other folks that aren't on the same like t- team as him, even though they're, you know, relatives. But uh, just it, it, the prejudice, I think, is, is, is we can't survive like this with hate in our hearts we rot and and the asthenosphere is no longer inhabitable for them after the damage we did to the environment so they have to stay up here they can't just go back into um their underground chambers so they're here to stay guys and i i i guess um what i'm trying to say is that lizards are human beings and if any lizard people in montana want to learn to ride horses my dad can totally teach you that. And horses are not scared of lizard people, guys. That's totally an urban legend. And um, they they have good relationships with lizard people. And they uh, there's like a special sort of bond between lizard people and horses sometimes. So it's totally something that can happen. It's 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 a real thing that lizards can ride horses, and I know that lizard people are typically really tall, but a lot of them are on the lighter side when it comes to weight. 
So if you're a lizard person and you're listening to this and you think, man, I really wish I could ride a horse, but I'm too tall. I mean, my dad's had, my dad has Clydesdales, which are the Budweiser horses, and those are big boys. So if, if you want to learn to ride a horse, oh my gosh, you should totally hit me up on Twitter, send me a private message, and I'll give you guys the the info about the seminars he has coming up. But I will tell you up front, he is he decided to call them seminizards because it's like lizard seminars. And I was like, Dad, that's dumb. But he likes it. He's stuck on it. So maybe you guys could like casually just mention how it's dumb when you go to his class. But then, you know, I mean, be positive about the lessons because he has really experienced. Um, but anyway. That was just some stuff I wanted to mention up front and let you guys know because it's potentially exciting. I hope we can all be excited about this because I think it could be a really good thing. And, uh, dude, shout out to my dad. He's putting himself on the front lines. He's trying to to build bridges, not tear them down. And that's really rad. So I'm proud of him, and I'm not afraid to say it. Three blessings from my week. So the NASA sh- supply ship that came up uh, last week, uh, I think it was last week, days kind of blend together up here because there's nothing to do and there's no sun, but I think it was last week they sent a supply ship up and they had a veggie pizza on there and I was saving it because I t- like I told you guys, we only have space pizza up here and I've been really missing real pizza. So I made it and I completely burnt it. And uh, it was it, it just made me laugh, honestly, because I talked up how, to you guys how much I love pizza and I was saving it. And it was even a, a veggie pizza because the, the people at NASA are dope. And they were like, we know you're a vegetarian. We'll hit you up with a veggie pizza. And I got it and I burnt it. So it was terrible. And I just I started laughing, which is great because I could have been really disappointed, and sometimes I am, and you can't really predict how you're going to feel in the moment, but I did. I just burst out laughing, and I haven't laughed that hard in like, oh, man, I haven't laughed that hard since the first time I watched Jimmy Neutron as a kid, but I laughed so hard that Barney came into the room to see what was going on, and that was cool because, like I said, he does his own thing. Barney's a tuatara uh, that lives up here with me. And he's small and agile, and he lives presumably somewhere in the walls because I can't figure out how he gets around. And he'll just pop up. And uh, so it's a treat when I get to see him because he's not around all the time. So that was a a, – all in all, that experience was funny and a joy. Second blessing from my week, my lattes are getting better, guys. NASA helped me fix the latte machine and – gradually my almond milk lattes they're you know getting up there and um i'm gonna see if nasa can send up uh uh i mean if they have the resources to send another supply ship i know that rocket fuel is expensive and all that but if they could send oat milk that would be rad because um oat milk you know blends better than almond milk and doesn't overwhelm the flavor speaking of ships though this is the uh, biggest thing. I guess they probably won't send. Um, they probably won't send a supply ship up because, as a drum roll, NASA is sending a ship to take me home. After all this time, 
they're doing it, guys. They're sending a ship up here to get me, and I'm just very excited because I get to go back to Earth, which is like where I'm from, I'm not from space. And um, I, it, it's funny because I, I am logically very excited about it, but in this moment, I feel a little bit like I'm letting you guys down, to be honest, because I'm not communicating the deep excitement that this would warrant because I've been up here for 10 years and I've been hoping that at some point I could get back down there and now I finally am going to get to. So um, that is how I feel. I feel like, man, I should be more, I should be stoked and maybe you guys are expecting that. But you know what? Emotions are not predictable things. So I just feel neutral right now and that's where I'm at and just being honest but I'm but obviously very very excited uh even if it's not sort of like emotionally in my voice I am I'm so excited I'm so grateful to NASA thank you guys at Mission Control but um because of that the next two episodes are going to be recorded from Earth, which will be dope the next two or the next one I'm not sure of the timing of the ships but or the ship that's coming to get me but it'll be yeah the last well in this season from earth which will be really cool all right now to the main event today we're talking about classic classic film casablanca this movie came out in 1942 it is uh, a movie about this man who owns a diner and he has a fight with a policeman and then a, and a piano player, and over tickets to some kind of supporting is a sporting event, but it's not really made clear what the event is, if it's a Super Bowl or what. But then somebody hides the tickets in a piano, and it's the piano player's piano, and the piano player doesn't seem to care, as far as I can tell. But then there's this really tall guy with a scar, and then there's another guy with glasses. And then there's an airplane. And that's pretty much what happens. Who's in it and what are they known for other than this movie? Humphrey Bogart, who also used to have a frozen yogurt shop in Sherman Oaks called Humphrey Yogart, which is really clever unless you're sensitive to dairy like me. And Ingrid Birdman is in this. So I guess she was in Birdman or she wrote Birdman or she owned birds or something. It's internet's unclear. Julie Wilson is in this from My Favorite Blonde, which is not my favorite because I don't even know her. And then Claude Rains, who's the star of Rain Man. And then Sidney Greenstreet, which I think the movie Greenstreet Hooligans must be about like his life or something. Because, I mean, nobody says green and street together in one portmanteau. And, or I guess that would be a compound word, not a portmanteau. Because a portmanteau is when the words sort of conjoin, and a compound word is when they're just next to each other, but also one word with no space. But nobody says Green Street together unless they're talking about either Sydney Green Street or Green Street Hooligans, so like, what are the odds that that movie's not about his life? The genre of the movie is um, uh, black and white, because it's not in color. E is for enjoyment. The part where I show, uh, share all the things that were dope to me that I liked about the movie. This movie is a drama, but there are a lot of really funny 
jokes in it, even for today. I mean, you watch it today and it's still really witty. Sometimes humor doesn't translate over the decades, but you watch this movie and you're like, man, this is really witty. And there are a lot, many characters have good, first of all, funny lines and then good acting and deliver those lines in a funny way. Because you could have funny lines and then you're watching it and you're like, oh man, if they had cast someone else, it would have been funny. But so many funny people in this with so many good funny lines. So that I love that. And that kind of ties into the next thing, which is this movie is surprisingly engaging for an older movie. Because again, it's not their fault or anything, but you know, this movie's old and it can be hard for us with our modern um, sensibilities to really enjoy something that's older because the the style is old and the the humor is different and everything. So this movie though still holds up. And I really enjoy that about it. Cause sometimes I'll watch a, a black and white movie and I'll fall asleep. But um, also this movie has a really beautiful song in it called As Time Goes By. And here's a fun fact. That's a song that plays in the Warner Brothers logo. When you see the Warner Brothers logo come up before a movie and it goes, da da na 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 I hope I don't get copyright infringement for that. But um, that's As Time Goes By, which is from this movie because this is like a huge, big classic movie that they made. So I thought that was cool because I watched the movie and then later watched a Warner Brothers movie and was like, what? That's from the, that's from the thing. So that was really cool. Um, another thing I love about this, it, it's about a very interesting and specific time and place. I couldn't tell you when, but they must have had Super Bowls back then because of the sporting tickets. Uh, but it's everybody has motives because of the, you can get the vibe that like everybody here is in sort of like this tenuous um, sort of um unstable place it's like they're that the the environment and their everyone's security in that environment is really fragile and so it's really cool because everybody has motives people are compromising or some people are uncompromising or making sacrifices and everybody has deep feeling and they all have these things that they want and are trying to get and that makes the movie really exciting and interesting because it does star humphrey bogart but it's an Ingrid Bergman, but it's it's really kind of an ensemble story. There's a lot of characters in this, and I really liked that. And and sometimes you feel like with an ensemble story, you're watching one character and you're just kind of waiting for the characters you like to come on screen. But that wasn't the feeling with this, at least that I got. Uh, another thing I loved about it: one dude gets to wear a fez, and fezes are cool. So that was cool to see him wear a fez. Uh, also Humphrey Bogart pretends to be cranky all the time, but he's secretly nice, which is cool. Uh, and then there, um, I don't really know how to talk about this. No spoilers, but there is a part in the movie where this thing happens that I really like and it's rad and I can't say more than that. Uh, oh man, I hope that didn't ruin anything. Okay, ah, we'll just move on. Uh, the tissue box. These are the parts of the movie that made me cry. 
No spoilers, but I cried during the thing that wasn't spoiled. So ah, we'll stop talking about it. Uh, I also cried when Sam plays a song on the piano. Sam's a piano player. When he plays, as time goes by, it made me cry. Because music often makes me cry, as you guys know. And then I cried again because there's a part where this other guy almost gets his fingers shut in the piano lid. And I winced and tears were in my eyes because that happened to me once when I was a kid and I still have a scar on my finger. So it was just like, whoa, flashbacks. So that made me cry. Parental guidance, trigger warnings, anything that might potentially cause you emotional distress. This is a place where we talk about emotions, guys. They can be uncomfortable. They can be lovely. They can be strange. It can be bizarre. And we're talking about them here. This is that place. This is that time. The first thing, we always do this, lizard watch. Anything that might remind you of the traumatic experiences you guys w went through down there on Earth during the Lizard Wars when the Lizard King was taking over and stuff. Um, the guy in the fez, he swats at flies. And look, everybody knows that lizards eat flies. So it's like a thing. You might be watching the movie and see that and be like, uh, oh, oh, is a lizard going to? But they don't. No lizard comes out. But it's there. Their flies are there. They're right there. And you see them. So that could hurt you in your mind. Um, this one will only apply to eight women. But Humphrey Bogart wears a trench coat sometimes, which might remind you of trench warfare with the lizards. If you happen to be one of the Ostrava eight, which is that whole... I mean, you, I don't have to educate you guys on your own history. But... He never gets mud on it, and I know that was like a big part of it, so maybe it won't. But it's not for me to say. I don't know. And I just want to look out for those eight women because they're heroes, as we all know, for what they did. So you eight lovely women just know that, you strong, powerful heroes. Um, or is it her her heroines? I always feel weird saying that because it sounds like the drug. Man, I, mean, I should probably have looked that up. I hope it didn't offend anybody. I don't think of you guys as a drug unless it's like a drug of like joy drug because like I think about you guys. I'm like, whoa, that's inspiring. But I can still like function. I don't pass out and vomit um, like you do on heroin as I hear. Uh, oh, yeah, this movie is in black and white, which could be confusing to you. And I know I already talked about black and white stuff in Wizard of Oz, but like Wizard of Oz is only part of the movies in black and white. And this movie's entirely in black and white. So nothing's wrong with your TV. This movie is just black and white. Also, this part's hard to talk about it, and I, or hard to talk about, and I almost didn't want to bring it up, but uh, this is, it happens. So we should talk about it. It happens in the movie. It is implied but not shown that the police chief is sexually taking advantage of people. For, in exchange for stuff. They want tickets. And uh, in order to get them, he's like, well, if you do me a favor, and it's like implied that he's like saying, if you sleep with me. So that's, we, we got to be honest, that's in this movie. And also later in the movie, another character who you like the whole movie, because he's not, he kind of butts heads with that police chief. Later in the movie, he says, I think this could be, the start of a beautiful friendship, which is like a really famous line. 
And he says that to the guy who like sexually abused all those women, women which is frustrating because you're like, do you really want to be friends with that guy? My respect for you is going down. So that's something that we needed to talk about because it's real. And um, that's something that you're going to see in this movie. Well, you don't see anything, thank God, but they they imply it and they talk about how he's a sleaze bag and he's like smiling about it. So that's real. Um, and um, I don't know if that was real to the time. I don't know if people were like how desperate people were for sporting tickets, but that's it happens in this movie and it's feasible that that could have happened because I think this movie is based on like a real time of place that was black and white. Um, and then another a trigger warning, and this one's pretty sad, is that I, I heard Daniel Radcliffe, who played Harry Potter, was in this movie, but he's not. And so when he didn't show up on screen, I was like really bummed out because I think he's a delight. America's sweetheart, Daniel Radcliffe. So if you guys love Daniel Radcliffe, and you, I mean, it's pretty common misconception. He's not in this movie, though. So just a heads up, your friends were mistaken when they told you that. Um, there's a part where two large groups of people sing two very different songs at the same time. And I just want you guys to be aware of that if you're sensitive to dissonance. And then also, I've never been to Casablanca, and this movie's in Casablanca, and I, I wouldn't say that was like a trigger for me, but it did make me very wistful, and we all know what, what wistfulness can do to sort of like your mind and your heart. Not necessarily a bad thing, but the thing I wanted to say is make sure you turn off the stove and get your laundry out of the dryer before you start the movie, because if you plan on pausing this movie to go get your laundry out, Casablanca might make you wistful and forgetful, and then all of a sudden your laundry's been in the dryer for a long time, and then your neighbor goes in there and takes it out and puts it on top of the dryer, which is the worst. And then when you finally get in there, you're like, wow, okay, this stuff's all wrinkled. Or worse, it's in the washer, and your neighbor takes it out and puts it on top of the dryer wet, and your clothes are all gross, and you have to wash them again, which um, can be, uh, I mean, it's been 10 years, but it can be... A lot of, that's a lot of quarters, as I understand. Um, it's been 10 years since I had to do laundry with quarters, but um, they, I, it was a lot, it was annoying. And I can only imagine inflation. So, uh, yeah, um, wistfulness is, um, what a dangerous delight wistfulness is. <laughs> Rating, five out of five stars, because I'm in space, so stars, it's space is, there are stars in space. I really like this movie. I thought it was really cool. Very engaging. Tweet them and weep. The part where I read your tweets. At Karl Marx Brothers Karamazov says, who is Humphrey Bogart? Um, gosh, well, you should really ask your parents this. But, okay. Uh, Humphrey Bogart's parents loved each other very much. So one night or day, they got into bed together. Oh, hey, Barney. Oh, bye, Barney. That was Barney. He just came by. That was nice. He does his own thing, so he, I don't know where he went. Um, where was I? At How I Met Your Brother's Karamazov. Oh, these guys must be brothers. Says, oh, uh, where were we? Oh, he asks, uh, 
where did the lady in the lake get Excalibur, and what, can she breathe underwater? Why did I choose this one? This one is not related. I'm sorry, guys. I was really sleepy when I picked this, but you know what? I already read it, and How I Met Your Brother's Karamazov. I'm going to answer it at the best of my ability. I'm no Arthurian scholar, but I don't know how she got Excalibur. She probably bought it at the store, but um, it, it's unclear if she can breathe underwater or not. Uh, I know the lizard king could breathe underwater and maybe, so maybe she's like a lizard person, but then, um, if it's, I don't remember what Mallory says, if he says that she gasped when she came up and gave him the sword or not. So if anybody out there has a copy, um, when she comes up, does she gasp? Cause if she gasps, she's probably holding her breath, but if she doesn't gasp, then she was probably, she probably can breathe underwater. Uh, last week's quote was, I guess I had nothing to do that weekend, so I, I decided to fall in love. And that's from North by Northwest, the Hitchcock film, which no, no one guessed it, but at Geometrically Inclined, oh, that's, I just got that. That's really clever. Uh, at Geometrically Inclined, it did guess that it was from South by Southwest, which was a film festival and music festival that they used to have in Austin, Texas, like a long time ago before the apocalypse and before REI bought it and turned it into an orienteering convention. But I figure this was just like a slip of the tongue or um, I guess the thumb because I, I, I mean, that's so close. Like he can't have really meant the, the convention so uh, or she. But yeah, you got it right. Uh and wow, that's the first time anybody's guessed a quote right. So way to go, Geometrically Inclined. I wish I could send you like a sticker or something, but uh, no spoilers. Those are still in the works. Uh, but also, I just ruined it. That was that was a spoiler. We got stickers in the works. Man, I wish someone was here and they could like suck all my words up into a vacuum and then they'd read them and then be like, oh, don't say that. And then they'd play only the ones that like are good ones. Uh, this week's quote is, you could be our mascot. <laughs> Tweet in your guesses. Three things I'm looking forward to when I get back to Earth. Uh, dude, recording the last two episodes from Earth. That'll be so cool. They have different mics down there. Well, I mean, I guess it wouldn't be like crazy different because I, they have mics. I have mics. All Everybody has mics, I guess. I mean, I guess they didn't have them in the olden times. But it'll be cool. It'll be cool. And they will have mics of some kind, one imagines, unless they're gone from the apocalypse, which seems unlikely. Uh, oh, funicular railways. I really miss funicular railways. We don't have them up here, obviously. Uh, yeah, railways that, uh, well, you know what? Google it. Funicular wa- railways, they're cool. Dentists also. I really miss dentists, and uh, I can't wait to go to the dentist, which sounds, I know a lot of people don't like the dentist, but I had to pull out my own tooth a couple years ago, and let me tell you, that sucked. Never do that. If you can avoid it, do not ever do that. 
We do have lidocaine up here, so it wasn't as painful as it could have been, but I mean, sticking a needle in your own gun gums is not a fun task. So, um, also I accidentally pricked my thumb with the lidocaine syringe, so then I couldn't feel anything with my thumb, and, and so I couldn't tell how much lidocaine I was actually injecting into my gums, and I put in way too much, and then everything tasted like electricity for like a week and a half, so... I would be really rad to go to a professional. Um, it's kind of like a castaway situation, only I actually had pliers, thank God, not an ice skate. We don't have ice skates up here. Uh, that pretty much sums it up for this episode. Um, and I wanted to share because, like I said, we, we talk about emotions here. I really am very nervous about coming back to Earth, guys. I had this stress dream the other night where... Um, I ran out of hummus, but I still had pita. So then I thought, okay, well, I'll go get some more hummus. So I went to the store and I bought some hummus. And then I finished off the pita bread, but I still had hummus left. So then I went back to the store and I got um, more pita bread. And then uh, the cycle just kept continuing over and over. And I was like constantly racing back to sprouts to get more of either hummus or pita bread. And sometimes I got both and then I had like way too much and it went bad. Um, you know, time's kind of different in dreams. So this lasted a long amount of time, even though it was only one dream. But dude, you can be anxious about anything. And I guess I didn't even know that I was anxious about hummus, which is kind of sad because it's such like, I mean, I enjoy hummus. That's why I probably dreamt about it is because I think about it because it's so good. Um, but it was just, I mean, it's, and that's not even, I'm sure that's not even the primary thing I'll deal with about coming back to earth. That won't be the hardest thing, but that will be a hard thing apparently. And I, I woke up in a cold sweat, but that was because the AC is still broken. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, I got, it, you, there's so much to be anxious about and um, we can share it and we can get through it and we can talk about it. So I guess the, um, you know, you don't want to not live your life because of hummus stress. So the moral of the story is don't let hummus get you down. And um, I don't know, maybe we'll get t-shirts about that if you guys think it's as inspiring as I do. I don't know. I don't want to share like inspirational phrases that I come up with for myself because that will just sound like I'm full of myself. But sometimes I just look myself in the mirror since that dream and I go, hey, Ethan, don't let hummus get you down, man. And it, I feel better. I feel like empowered. Um, but to focus on something, uh, I mean, that had a positive ending, but I want to transition to something a little more directly positive, which is I can't wait to see you guys in person. I mean, so I'm assuming that some of the people I see in person will have listened to this. Um, so, yeah, I'm super stoked for that. And I, I mostly, I guess that means my dad and my cousin and NASA. And then the rest of you guys I'll probably just like see on Twitter, which is normal. But uh, also I'm going to kind of miss this place because I've lived here a long time and it's my home. So I wanted to share that with you. But that doesn't mean I'm not ready to go. So... Uh, the next episode or the next, I'm not sure yet, but one of the next two is going to be recorded from Earth. And until next time, keep it sleazy. I don't know why I said that. I don't like that. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs>